Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hacks and Slash, the Game Cola podcast where we read fan fiction. Today, we are going to be reading a selection of five different Phoenix Wright fanfics. My name is Michael Gray, and I write Inside the Guide for Game Cola. With me today are Alex Jedrzejczyk, editor in chief, Anna Bernarski, reviewer, Diana Gray, authoress, uh, Sean Larvik, a staff writer. Our first fanfic is going to be What If, in which Ed Worth falls in love with an OC named Jason. So um, let's go with Anna and Jetty because your names both start with A. <coughs> oh. Objection. <laughs> so I'm I'm just getting into the the role. I've been practicing. The end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> so I'll read the introduction and then it goes into a long segment of um. Anna's character. Okay, I had no idea what I was doing, so I'm rewriting this story. The pairings are Edgeworth OC mostly, some Phoenix XOC. I'm giving Francisca her innocence back. Also, there will be errors, so you know Likey, you know Reedy. Deal with it. (laughs) I hate my life. Trust me, you have no idea. I look like a dude. People think I'm a dude. I have an IQ higher than Einstein's. I have a highly abusive mom. I have a crush on my best friend, but I'm socially challenged when it comes to these things. Oh, did I mention the fact that I am hanging off a 25-story office building in the middle of New York? I don't even live here. I'm on a field trip. I told you my mom was highly abusive. You know what's totally gay? I'm being filmed. I hate my life so much it burns. Well, what should I do? (laughs) I hanging from a rope. Oh, dear Jesus. I have a huge rope burn. In fact, my hands and legs are bleeding like crazy. Now I get it. (laughs) I'm feeling dizzy. Um, there's a platform for those people wash slash paint slash whatever building. That'll have to do. I swung my legs. It hurt like hell until I was positioned correctly. God, please forgive me for all the sins in, all all my sins in life. I prayed as I let go. I landed on the wooden platform. <laughs> oh God! Ha 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 ha! I laughed my head off. I'm alive! I'm alive! I'm alive! Ha! Once again, I succeed where others fail. Ha 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 ha! Crack! Huh? I looked down. The wood is beginning to splinter. Crap. I turned to run to the edge, to the edge, to the rope. I was just inches away when the wood gave way. Beep, 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 beep. I was floating in a bubble. The water was so calm. The, the crystal liquid held me aloft. Afloat? I can't, Afloat? I can't read. I was calm, calmer than the water. Beep, 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 beep. The beeping was growing faster. Wake up. Jason? It's me, Miles. Wake up. I felt something grab my shoulder. It shook my entire body. Jason! I heard a sob. Please, if you can hear me, wake up. Come back. I felt a weight on my chest. I could hear sobs. I could feel tears. Not you two. First mom, then dad. Now you too. (laughs) 
The tears and sobs grew. Don't leave me. Like the others. <laughs> like the others? My heart pounded in my head. Those words ruined the calm. The waters were cold and unfriendly. They raged, pulling me out of my bubble of happiness and into reality. My bubble of happiness has been ruined. Thanks a lot, Miles. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I cracked open an eye. Miles had his head resting on my bandaged chest. His sobs were quieting, his salty tears few. I ran my fingers through his soft hair. He began crying again. Shh, it's okay. I'm not going to leave you. He mumbled. You missed a lot. I know. Like Christmas, New Year's. Why are you crying? I'm okay. Dad's gone. It's my fault. I'll explain in the next chappy. Review! And there is no next chapter. This was written in 2007. I doubt There's no new chapter. chapter. Objection! <laughs> there wasn't one objection in that story. <laughs> I object to that. Yes, this isn't canon at all. <laughs> no, it's, it isn't. So it's what not. did this story have to do with anything, really? It, it didn't, really. <laughs> Why was Edgeworth here? What, and what is some phoenix? It says there's nothing. It says in the summary some phoenix. Like was phoenix? Did I miss him? So phoenix is the Francisca. What's going on here? There was originally going to be some phoenix and some OC in in the movie uh, in the fan. They <laughs> <laughs> should make a movie out of this fan. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> Pretty uh, exciting, what with uh, I was hanging off a rope off the end of a building. For some reason. <clears throat> okay, so the reviewers give it a 7.25 out of 10. Oh, oh six reviews. Oh, That's nice. A lot of reviews, actually. Wow. Uh, don't leave it a cliffhanger. I love it so far. Hmm. The story is well made, and even a bit gripping. In complete honesty. While I like this fanfic, I can't say that it'll go down as one of my personal favorites. Hard list to get to, to be honest. Although it's definitely a nice example of strong use of new character insertion. Although near the end I saw a few typos. Nicely done, and I hope to see more from ye in the future. I can relate to this. People always question my gender. Good story. <laughs> That's nice. Um, FYI, Maya and Franziska are the same age. And your opening is a bit too short to review. Then why did you review it? <laughs> so this next fanfic is Visiting April, Genre, Romance, Slash, General. I write way too many romance fics. Rating T for Slash. Summary, Maya visits April in prison. Warning, Shuju AI. One side, Maya X April. My... That's supposed to mean something? Shoujo I. What's Shoujo I? Shoujo I, like it's a uh, girl, girl love. Yeah, I think that's what it means. Oh, I thought it was Yuri. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I think it's like love versus uh, sex, basically. Because there's no sex in this one, they're just looking. They're just in love. It's romantic. Okay, so it starts off with Maya's point of view. God, why am I even coming here? Why should I visit the woman who helped murder my big sister? This is all Nick's fault. 
He tells me I should make amends with her or some other crap. Please. Sometimes I think that guy has a few loose screws in his... Oh, I'm here already. Um, you misread that last... Uh, I did. I'm sorry. That guy's... Excuse me. Sometimes I think that guy's has a few loose... Did I read it right? Yeah. Has a few loose screws in his... Oh, I'm here already. No point of view. Maya walked up to the front desk and flashed her identification card. The man at the desk nodded and led her down a long hall filled with prison cells. Maya blushed slightly as she heard several sleazy men nearby talk about how large her breasts were. Eventually, Maya stopped in front of a cell that contained a well-endowed, pink-haired woman. The woman, April May, wasn't exactly as beautiful as she used to be. Her clothes were dirty and disgusting. Her hair was messy, and she looked like she hasn't slept in days. Don't they have prison uniforms in prison? Probably. Just not in the Phoenix Wright universe. Yeah. A small smirk formed on Maya's lips. She tapped on one of the prison bars to get April's attention and said... You deserve this, you know. April stared at Maya for a few moments and gave her a small nod. What is she doing? Wondered the young medium as she looked over April's body. For a moment, Maya felt something as her eyes landed on April's face. It felt like lust. <laughs> Maya quickly shook the thoughts out of her head and muttered, What the hell was that about? Finally, April said something. What did you come here for? To laugh at me? She asked. No, I just want to talk. Maya was finally getting April's attention. The pink-haired woman sat up, causing her breasts to jiggle slightly. In the back of her mind, Maya really wanted to see April move. She <laughs> brushed her hair with her hands and replied, You probably want to yell at me for playing a main part in the death of your sister. Maya knew April was stupid and very sexy, she secretly thought. But not that stupid. April can be serious if need be. Maya clenched her fists tightly and thought, what am I thinking? She's a goddamn whore who doesn't care about hurting other people. For a moment, the young girl felt like grabbing the policeman's gun and shooting April right in the head. There's a policeman there, apparently. <laughs> Maya opened her mouth to speak, but all that came out was... I love you. Everyone's, including the policeman's, <laughs> eyes widened in astonishment. Flushing furiously, Maya turned around and ran off. April grinned and thought, Oh, God. <laughs> Her sister was pretty hot, too. Oh, my God. When she got back to Maya's... No, when she got back to Nick's house, she didn't even bother knocking. Nick looked up from the desk and asked, Welcome back, Maya. Did you make peace with her? Maya just nodded and ran into her room. It's canon. <laughs> God. That's totally canon. Oh, God. Best ship ever. <laughs> so, eight reviews. Maya, LOL. Well, this certainly was an interesting read. Good work, smiley face. This was a fun read. Thanks. This story is just beautifully written. Maya's unexpected love for April? Who would have known? I love the way you made Maya a little less innocent. Heh. <laughs> I just got into Phoenix Wright, and I love the game. I was so happy to see that people are writing fanfiction, and showed Joai to boot for it. I really enjoyed this, as random and not very sensical as it was. Starface. However, 
about April May being stupid but not that stupid. She isn't stupid at all. She acts vapid in order to use her greater weapon, her beauty, to its fullest extent. I think April May rocks. I also hope you keep writing Phoenix Wright fanfiction. If you do write some more, drop me a PM or an email because I want to read it. The surprised face. Wowzers, that was interesting. Unfortunately, it ended way too quickly. Care to continue? Please? All begging aside, that was a cool little fanfic. Nice work. Wait, if they said wowzers, is that, uh, Inspector Gadget? Wowzers! Maybe. That was interesting. Very interesting. I hope that Maya gets over it fast. April May scares me out of my wits. Have yo seen your seen her face? Ah, frightening. Hmm, an interesting premise. Is this going to be a one-shot or a multi-chapter story? If so, I'm curious... Mutley. Hmm? Mutley. Mutley chapter story. Oh, oh sorry, yes. <laughs> Is this going to be a one-shot or a Mutley chapter story? <laughs> if so, I'm curious to see how both adapt to the situation, or to such a situation, particularly April being incarcerated and been involved in the murder of Maya's sister. Speaking of... Exactly when after the case does this take place? Has Maya not yet left to resume her spirit medium training, or has she returned from it? The next story we'll be reading is Phoenix Wright versus Godot. Uh, the summary is Phoenix needs beats Godot in a case. Phoenix Wright versus Godot. Dash dash. Next day, gum shoot. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out who's voicing. Which lines? Yeah, exactly, because, like, Godot says, I'm going to win this case, Phoenix. He's the guy who drinks coffee and has the mask, right? Yeah. I don't know, what does he sound like? Hey, Sean, you should do it. You haven't done anything yet. Yeah, I don't remember Godot's voice at all. I don't know, from the phrasing, the story, I mean, it actually, the narration kind of works when you read it in a Scottish accent. <laughs> it's not Phoenix, it's Phoenix! Phoenix. <laughs> yes. Let's see if I got Godot's objection. 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 Yes. I'm going to win this case, Phoenix. I don't know, that sounds kind of like gumshoe. Okay, I think I can do this. Phoenix Wright versus Godot. It was five o'clock in Phoenix Wright's office when a man entered and he said, Help him being accused of murder. So Phoenix said he'd help him. He and Maya went to where the murder happened, and they found out that out that a man got shot with a pistol and died, and that the man they were defending is the suspect. So they looked around at clues when suddenly Gumshoe came in and said, Hey, pal. Hey. And Phoenix asked him about the case, and he said that the man got shot with a pistol the other night. Yep. Or, sorry, the other niggers. <laughs> and that they got his footprints in the house in mud because he had been outside and it was muddy. So Phoenix looked at the defendant's shoes and he memorized what they looked like. They looked around some more and found the murder weapon in the trash. They told Gumshoe and they were looking for it, so they were excited. They went to... <laughs> what, what did they go to do? Annihilize. <laughs> I think it means the act of making something taste like licorice. <laughs> they went to annihilize it, but that would take a while. Phoenix and Maya then went to get McDonald's, and then they went home for the night. 
The next day, Gumshoe called Fenix and said, We analyzed the gun, but there weren't any fingerprints because the man had gloves on, so he didn't leave any. So Fenix got up, and Godot was watting in his office, and he said, I'm going to win this case, Fenix. And Fenix said, We'll see about that. But then he noticed that Godot had the same shoes as the man. Fenix was stunned because this proved that Godot was actually the killer. At the courthouse, Fenix presented his this evidence, and they won, and Godot went to jail because he was a bad guy. The end. So there's a sequel, Phoenix, Phoenix versus Godot 2. Oh, enemies become friends. So I say, I say, Sean hasn't done a lot of reading, so he could read this one. Phoenix versus Godot 2. Enemies become. Oh, it must be good because he wrote the title twice. <laughs> Which means you have to say it twice. Oh, yeah. Phoenix is forced to defend his mortal enemy. Phoenix versus Godot 2. Enemies become friends. Phoenix versus Godot 2. Enemies become friends. This is a sequel to my last story. Phoenix Wright's life had been very good since he beat his enemy Godot because his record was now the best in the country and everyone wanted to have him as their lawyer, so now he was rich. He sat at home watching Naruto because he didn't have a case that day, but then his phone rang. He picked it up, and it was the jail guys, and they said Godot wanted to talk to him at the jail. So Phoenix went to the jail. When he got there, Godot was sitting down behind the glass thing, and Phoenix picked up the phone so they could talk, and Godot said, I didn't kill anyone I was framed, and Phoenix didn't believe him, but then he said that those were not the shoes he normally wore, and that the real killer must have took to hit advantage his blindness and switched his shoes for him. <laughs> Must have to, 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 I don't even know. Phoenix didn't know what to say because Godot was mean to him, but he didn't want to be mean to him, so he said he'd help if he stopped being ma- mean, so Godot agreed, and Phoenix took the case. So he went to the crime scene with Maya again and looked for more clues, but all they found was a cigarette. They were out of ideas, and the re- Retrial was tomorrow, so Phoenix went home and thought about it, and who could have done it? The next day, Phoenix went to the courthouse, and Edgeworth was there, and said, Your client is guilty, and I'll prove it easy. But Phoenix had a fighting spirit, and said, You'll never beat me, Miles Edgeworth. <laughs> so they proceeded to the court, and Miles presented a witness, State your name for the court. My name is Benjamin Troy, and I saw Godot kill the man, and the last suspect was with me. He then said that Godot came in with a knife and stabbed him, and they were playing cards with him before he did, and then they ran away. So then Phoenix asked why Godot did it, but Miles didn't have an explanation for motive, so the trial had to be continued later. Phoenix then talked to Benjamin. Ben lit a cigarette and said that he knows Godot did it, even though he doesn't know why slash Fenix noticed he had mud on his jeans, but it wasn't raining today. Fenix decided to sneak into his house for clues before the next trial, and there he found Godot's shoes that he normally wore. He took them away to show to court. The next day, Fenix presented that he had Godot's shoes, but then he said that they were popular shoes and he just got the same kind. Phoenix had nothing else to go on, but Miles had an explanation for why Godot would kill the man. He said that the man was Godot's friend, but he stole stuff from his house, and so Godot got mad. Phoenix didn't know what to say, and it looked like he was going to lose, but then Gumsh bust in and yelled, Hold it! 
And then the judge asked what he wanted, and he said the door was locked there and that Godot couldn't get in any other way. And he also found the key to Godot's room in Benjamin's house, which he used to switch the shoes. Benjamin admitted he killed the man, oh, Kyled the man, and then Godot went free, and now he and Fenix were friends. The end. Uh, isn't... <laughs> Better than the original? No, it, it was pretty like good. breaking into someone's house and then taking. Yeah, it was like he just broke evidence. into That's illegal. You can't do that. I forget which amendment that is, but uh, that's like. Had... It's like five or four. It's like four or five, yeah. Maybe he had a warrant. I just learned about this, too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I still say it's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> so, Phoenix Wright in The Horrible Day in Court by Neko Jessica. Phoenix Wright meets his worst challenge yet. His mysterious and beautiful arch-rival prosecutor... I'm sorry, let me read that again. Phoenix Wright meets his worst challenge yet. His beautiful and mysterious arch-rival persecutor... <laughs> Jessica. I didn't even notice that! <laughs> Author self-insertion with a twist. Smiley face. Phoenix Wright in the horrible day in court. September 28th, 8.58 a.m. It's okay that I say the author's name because it's self-insert, right? Yeah. Maya stepped into the defense lobby and looked at Phoenix and said, Phoenix, you have two more minutes before the trial starts. How is your defense looking? And Phoenix said, Um, well, um, uh, well. And Maya then put her fist down and puffed up her cheek and said, Phoenix, if you don't defend me properly in today's trial, I will be mad. Phoenix remembered what happened. Maya was alone in the room, and a man died in there. It couldn't have been Maya. It must have been someone else. Maya then said, It looks like Persecutor Neko Jessica. One <laughs> um, of those semicolon, semicolon, parentheses, is going to be persecuting on this, <laughs> on this case. Phoenix said, Oh no. <laughs> Not the last <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Not the legend. Stick with that voice. Not the legendary prosecutor Necro Jessica. Heard <laughs> she was friends. <laughs> I can't keep up this voice. Uh, <clears throat> Phoenix, Phoenix. I gotta think about Phoenix. Oh no, not Neko Jessica. Or, uh, not the legendary persecutor Neko Jessica. Heard she was Franziska von Karma's persecutor partner in Germany. And the two were a tag team of pure evil. Maya nodded and cried. Phoenix, if you don't get me off and I get executed, I'm going to have Pearl summon my angry spirit so I can kill you. Phoenix was not used to hearing harsh words from Maya, but he felt bad, so he just, so it just took it. <laughs> not he just took it, it just took it. <laughs> then the bailiff said, everyone in the courtroom, and they all went in the courtroom. September 28th, 9 a.m. Phoenix stood at his desk, and Maya stood at his side at his desk. The judge banged his gavel a lot, and then everyone was really quiet, and the judge said, Court is now in session, but where is our persecutor? And everyone looked around, and there was no persecutor. Great! <laughs> what? I said great! <laughs> There's no persecutor. The end. Makes a lot. Yeah! <laughs> And then, all of a sudden, the persecutor's desk exploded, and Neko Jessica appeared at the desk. 
Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. <laughs> she cackled. She was beautiful in a silky red gown and sexy and also deadly and had a Russian accent. I hope you are, you are praying to not win this truck this case, Mr. Oh god, really? Mr. <laughs> Phoenix wrong. I can't do it. I can't do it. And then Phoenix said, Right. And then she laughed because she thought he said, Right. The judge banged his gavel and said, Okay, let's start this trial. Persecutor, will you please tell us what happened? And Neko Jessica said, That girl murdered Mr. Jenkins in a closed room. They were the only ones in the room, so it had to have been her. Phoenix sweated. Neko Jessica did a really cool animation and pointed at Maya and said, You have no defense, you pathetic lawyer. And Phoenix said, Objection! And everyone clapped, and Phoenix, <laughs> and Phoenix said, I have a defense. And she said, Oh. And the judge looked. <laughs> what? What? The judge asked for Phoenix's side of the story. And Phoenix said, Well, Maya was the only per other person in the room, but this cannot be proven. Anyone could have been in that room. And then Neko Jessica said, Objection. In her Russian accent. And what she said, You can't prove that. Yeah, no more Russian accent. And then he said, Yes, I can, because you, Neko Jessica, were in the room. And then everyone in the courtroom talked, and Neko Jessica did a cornered animation where she screamed. The judge banged his gavel a million times and said, Order, order, order. And Maya said, Wow, thanks, Phoenix. This is totally going to win us the case. And Phoenix felt good. <laughs> when everyone was quiet, Neko Jessica said, What motive would I have for killing Mr. Jenkins, and why would I frame Maya? And Phoenix said, It's because you... Wait, sorry. It's because he was your ex-lover. You loved him until he broke up with you, and you were so mad that you killed him. And then you framed Maya because she was in the room. Neko Jessica screamed really dramatically ah! and exploded. What? She has a thing for explosions. And everyone talked again, and the judge banged his gavel a lot. Then she admitted to doing it. It was me. I killed him. I am evil. And Maya said, Yay, thanks. And confetti came from the ceiling, and the judge said, Not guilty. September 28th, 9.02 a.m. So that, two that trial took two minutes. Everyone stood outside of the lobby, and Maya said, Thanks, Phoenix. You saved my life. And Phoenix said, You're welcome. And Maya said, Hey, let's go out for burgers. You're paying the bill. And Phoenix said, Objection. The end. 17 reviews. Oh. Beast Satri Evar OMG, you were right, so good one. This has to be a parody, because it sucks. Disgusted Anonymous, please go and kill yourself. Thanks. Um, wow. Oh. A little harsh. That's what I mean. <laughs> this was epic. Best story ever. A would read again. This, okay. this story gave me full life consequences vibes. 
It was fun to imagine how it would have been if it were animated. Persecutor, I'm going to pray you're kidding. Even if the entire fic was intended as silly stuff, it should have been upty three times as long. Hehe, <laughs> oops. Umpty three is my word for lots and lots. Horrible spelling. Okay, well, yeah, they, what? They didn't say that the first time anyway. Yeah. They said upty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrible spelling, horrible grammar, horrible descriptions, just generally horrible. For example, I'm sure you know you're supposed to start a new paragraph every time someone speaks. If you don't believe me that this story is blatantly bad, <laughs> just take one look at this sentence. Nako Jessica did a really cool animation and pointed at Maya and said, you have no defense, you pathetic lawyer, and Phoenix said, objection, and everyone clapped, and Phoenix said, I have a defense, and she said, oh, and the judge looked. One, it's a run-on, like every other sentence you wrote. Two, what the heck does you have no defense even mean? Three, actually, I'm going to stop there because otherwise this review is going to get humongous. Point being, this fic is bad. Apparently some people think this was written badly on purpose. Let's move on to the final story we're here to read. Phoenix Wright, Read the Story to Find Out by Jasmine Wright. Description, Phoenix Wright. Rebecca, what if he does like me? Asked Jasmine over the phone. Trust me, he likes you. Claimed Rebecca. Are you sure? Questioned Jasmine. Positive. Okay then, I gotta go do my homework. Bye. Declared Jasmine as she hung up the phone. At school the next day, Jasmine walks past Phoenix looking at the ground, then someone put their hand on her shoulder. Are you okay? Your face is bright red. Wondered Phoenix. I, um... She replied. You what? Questioned Phoenix. I like you, okay? She yelled, and she ran away to her locker. You... what? Phoenix's face was bright red. Phoenix, you're lucky. I had many people have had a crush on her, but she thought she wasn't good enough. Whispered Larry Butts. You think I should? Phoenix wondered. Totally. I'll get Rebecca to ask Jasmine about it. Whatever you say. After school, Phoenix goes home and does his homework, but the only thing on his mind is Jasmine. Okay, Phoenix. You can wait unit tomorrow to see her. Dinner, Phoenix! Phoenix's mother calls. Coming. He replied. When Phoenix got to the dinning table and started eating his mother whoa started eating his mother oh, no. <laughs> oh dear oh wait wait and started eating his mother started talking about how phoenix should get a girlfriend and that just made him think about jasmine more as soon as he finished he checked his email phoenix jasmine said yes larry butts after an hour of being on the computer he did the usual stuff that you do before bed Brushing teeth, etc. And she fell into his bed and slept. And chapter one. Chapter two. The next day, Phoenix woke up and he remembered what Larry said about Jasmine saying, yes, he did the normal morning stuff, but skipped he got to school. He saw so of the school bullies picking on Jasmine because of what she said yesterday. Phoenix was not one to deal with bullies, 
but overnight he grew feelings for dropped all his stuff and told the bullies off, which made it to a more physical fight. But Phoenix just blocked all the punches, trying to hide the fact that it hurt. Larry saw this and told the teacher. David, Jack, and Maddie to detention. Phoenix good going, starting up, stating up for a girl, said Mr. Tucker. Then he walked to the teacher's office. Phoenix turned around and looked at Jasmine, who was blushing. Thanks, Phoenix, said the blushing girl. It's nothing. Phoenix replied. What did I miss? Interrupted Rebecca. Rebecca, what the fudge? <laughs> Rebecca, they weren't kissing, stated Larry. Phoenix and Jasmine both turned red. Tuned red. Both tuned red. So, so, after, hold on. Why is Phoenix in high school? Because <laughs> uh, they could. Okay, anyway. So, Nick, what are you doing tomorrow? Larry wondered. I don't know, I'll think of something. Replied the, <laughs> replied the Phoenix, a.k.a. Nick. It is the weekend, stated Jasmine. Yeah, I love weekends, declared Rebecca. Maybe we could meet up at the movies this Sunday. You all free then? Yeah. Asked Larry. Yeah. yeah. They replied. Last weekend, then, we never have to see that school again. Phoenix sighed. I know one more week, then, graduation. So what are you going to do for uh, after school and for our whole lives? <laughs> Rebecca asked. I want to be a detective. I want to start I want to start art and law at the university. Phoenix told them. I I don't know what I want to do. Larry stated. I want to be a model. Rebecca dramatically said. Jasmine and Phoenix both looked at her and laughed, but Larry smiled. The group split and all went to their own houses. Jasmine walked along, then heard a scream. She quickly turned around and saw the murder of girl. <laughs> ran as fast as could back to where the group split up. She rang Rebecca. Rebecca rang Larry, and Larry rang Phoenix. What? Phoenix rang the police. What? <laughs> okay, you need to tell us what happened, said the girl officer. There was a man in a pink jumper with a hood. And he killed a girl with a brick and a stick. Jasmine said, trying not to cry. Phoenix was trying to claim her down. <laughs> Where at? The officer asked. This is a made-up street. On Lyra Avenue, near House 10. Okay, are you the only witness? The officer said. I think so. Her told the officer almost crying. Phoenix took Jasmine's cell phone and called her mother. Hello, Jasmine, her mother said cheerfully. Sorry, this is Phoenix, a friend from school. Jasmine is here next to and witnessed a murder. Do you want me to bring her home? Yes, thank you, she replied horrified. Phoenix picked up her bags and walked her home. The police already blocked off the area around the dead man. Wait, wasn't it a girl? Yes. Uh, yep. <laughs> Jasmine It was Jasmine But that's part of the mystery 
Jasmine, you know you'll be in court of almost the whole week, right? Phoenix sad. I know, but I can't get that picture out of my head. Jasmine stated. This might get it out of your head. Phoenix told her. He looked around to make sure no one was looking and kissed her on the lips. <laughs> Phoenix knocked on the door. Jasmine was happy, but when her mother came to the door, V acted sad. Hello, you must be Phoenix, said her mother. Hello, and yes, I am Phoenix. He replied, <laughs> trying not to be rude. Please come in, insisted her mother. I thought she would be more horrified than happy. Phoenix whispered to Jasmine as he puts her bags down. She's been like that for as long as I can remember. She whispered back. Rights block, Lol. LOL. End chapter. And the end, because it was never continued. There are no reviews of this. No reviews, but one follower and one favorite. <sighs> can, I, can I see who favored it? <laughs> no, it's probably her. Well, that's the end of Hacks and Slash number three, where we read a bunch of Phoenix Wright fanfic. Next time, we'll probably read fanfic from some other video game universe. Video games. Objection! Objection. 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 We finished reading all of the stories, so we're officially done at this point, but we still have plenty of time left. Jetty, if you want to read that crazy Dennis the Menace story by Neko Jessica, just go ahead. I think we can fit it into the podcast. One day, Dennis was sitting at his house when his mother came into the room. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and said, hello, Dennis, how are you? And he said, pretty good, you. And she said, okay. About two seconds later, Dennis was still sitting, and the mother was still standing there. And nothing had changed except the mother was about to say, how was school? And when she said it, Dennis heard it and said, okay. His, mo his mother said, why don't you tell me anything? And he said, really nothing interesting happened at all. I just moved around on my feet and heard some weird sounds. And people opened their mouths like they were chewing. But strange noises came out and they stared at me and I stared at them. And then I made weird noises too. And one time I went to the water fountain. And his mother said, oh. Then she said, I'm going to make dinner now. And Dennis said, okay. When his mother entered the kitchen, she turned on the stove, but discovered it was not a stove at all. It was a bear trap. She ran into the room with the bear trap on her wrist and said, Dennis, did you do this? And Dennis snickered and said no, but his mother knew what was what. And she said to him, Dennis, you did this. Dennis, I am sick of you. From now on, you'll be known as Dennis the Menace. Dennis, however, approved of the epithet and adopted it, and thus Dennis the Menace was born. Wow, they used the word epithet correctly. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I never knew that's how Dennis the Menace came to be. Yeah. <laughs> Since the day I took my mother's hand. <laughs> Dennis. Yeah. Chapter one, Dennis, Shatterer of Worlds. One day, Dennis... One day, the menace was being a menace, so he got arrested, thrown in jail, and beaten up by the inmates for about seven years. And so he sat there for a while, and then he said, I feel constrained and weakened by this jail cell environment. My menacing should extend outwards from here and seize the whole world in its menacing grip. But he couldn't really do anything about it. So he just sat there looking 
So he just sat there for another eight years or so and thought and thought and thought so much he became filled with hate and loathing and utmost spite for all living things and most of all himself. And upon his release day, the warden came to free. As the warden came to free him, Dennis stood up and said, "I am the great destroyer. There is none other than me. Those who oppose me will be hacked into seventy-three pieces and posted as a warning upon the face of the earth. Those who follow me will gain the untold riches of annihilation. May God and all the earth tremble before me in my majesty." I am entropy, I am disorder, I am inquit pain and misery unleashed upon the rows of content humankind. May death strike them in horrors. The warden said, oh, and they came out. Venice stood there outside the prison facility and stared into the desert before him. Then he filled the desert with the burning of his hate. Grain by grain, he reconstituted the sand itself into the immaculate image of his splendid despising. And all the cactus died, and the desert snakes died, and the park rangers died, and the Native Americans on their reservations all died. And the sun fell and did not rise for three days. And all the desert buzzards cried and wailed before they died in agony, and a horrified silence lay upon the land. Having done all this in a matter of seconds, <laughs> Dennis entered the small town of Red Redford. He entered a Walmart, and a person who worked there said, Hey. Dennis looked at her, and she instantly recognized how she had been deluding herself all along. The only way to true happiness was for her to reunite with her dear ex-husband, Max. But Max had killed himself. But Max had killed herself. So she had no choice but to run away into traffic. When the, when the other shoppers observed this, they gave Dennis the title, Dennis the Menace. That is the beginning of his name, Dennis the Menace. Chapter 2, Dennis the Menace Finds True Love and Happiness. Later, Dennis the Menace was walking around, filling every atom of the world with his perfect hate, when he saw a beautiful maiden on the side of the road. She said, hi. Dennis said, oh, hi. She asked, how are you? And Dennis said, pretty good, you. Suddenly, Dennis the Menace felt something strange in himself. He paused his winds of furious destruction for a second to recollect. It was the first time he had thought anything in the past four years. His entire being had been involved in destruction. He remembered a sweet voice from the past, his mother. And he was, and he felt strange and happy. Then the beautiful maiden said, Are you okay? You've been standing there thinking for like 600 years. <laughs> Although actually only about 400 had passed. She was exaggerating. Dennis said, Oh, sorry, silly me. Suddenly the maiden replied, Oh. Then Dennis said, Hey, want to get some ice cream or something? And the maiden said, Okay. Then they got ice cream and ate most of it. While they were eating Dennis, as a joke, Knocked over ice cream cone. Oh, Dennis, said the maiden whose name was Maiden. You're such a menace. And from thenceforth, he was known to the world as Dennis the Menace. <laughs> Chapter 3, Dennis buys a grocery. A After grocery? A, a grocery. He needed just one thing. Yes. Yes. Just one grocery. Oh, <laughs> are you prepared for what he buys? Yes. Bad, Anna. <laughs> After Dennis the Medicine Maiden were married, they went to gro they went grocery shopping. They bought some eggs, some milk, some bread, some kitty litter and kitty food, some candy, heroin, and newspaper. <laughs> some green beans and a car. Once they got home, Dennis realized he for he had forgotten to pay the cashier for all that stuff. Well, shucks, he said. Oh, Dennis, said Maiden, you're so silly. And Dennis, in a moment of clarity, reflected back on his life, from his mother's warm questioning to the depths of the prison cell, 
his dedication to hate and his new dedication to love. And he thought, how silly it all was, all is. It really is just funny. I guess that's really all there is. We live, and it's funny, and we keep going. It's kind of nice. And he smiled and looked at his wife and 17 children. And for a few dry seconds in his torrential life, was truly at peace. Later that day, he saw a really interesting movie about jet pilots. The end. So I've got another fanfic by this person, which is actually video game related. Has anybody played Banjo-Kazooie? No. Never. I have. Well, this will be great. It's about a bear and a... um, bird named Banjo and Kazooie. Kazooie's accident. So this is Troubled Times in Spiral Mountain. Gruntilda transforms Kazooie into an evildoer with an evil machine. How will Spiral Mountain's residents react? Chapter 1, Kazooie's Accident. Once upon a time, Kazooie was walking on Sopral Mountain when she fell off and hit her head. She woke up and Gruntilda was standing right there. Hello, said Gruntilda. Kazooie said, hello, who are you? Gruntilda thought to herself, OMG, Kazooie has amnesia, I will turn her into my evil cohort. Kazooie said, hey, nice place you got here. And Gruntilda said, come over here, little birdie, walk inside this machine. Oh, wow, what a nice machine, said Kazooie. Then Gruntilda slammed the machine shut and turned it on. Chapter 2, Kazooie is bad. Gruntilda opened the machine and Kazooie came out. Ha ha ha, I have made Kazooie into my evil cohort, said Gruntilda. Chapter 3. Uh-oh. Please go and kill Banjo for me, said Gruntolda. Okay, said Kazooie, and then Kazooie flew out a window into Spiral Mountain. Gruntilda laughed. Kazooie fell, flew down into Banjo's house. Banjo was making waffles. Hey, Banjo, can't you get this food for me any faster, said Tootie, who was very bored and annoying and slammed her, and slamming her head into things because she was so hungry, slash... Please wait, I am almost done. Duh-huh, said Banjo. And then Kazooie crashed into the window. I am Kazooie and I will kill you. Tootie screamed and exploded for a million years. Banjo said, Kazooie, you are so funny, have a waffle. And Banjo forced a waffle into Kazooie's mouth. Kazooie got better. Chapter 4, Kazooie's Meme. Omitted. Chapter 5, Epilogue. Ah. I guess putting a badness antidote into my waffles was a good idea after all, said Banjo, and Kazooie felt good. The end. These dudes are questions. So you guys understood what happened, even though you haven't played the game, right? I think so. Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> One of the reviews was like, this is the stupidest thing I have ever didn't even spell spiral right. Bad guys never say please. I thought everyone knew that. And Tootie explodes for a million years? What does that mean after a million years she will regenerate only to face the horror of the sun blowing up? What is omitted? Who puts a badness antidote in waffles? Gaffs for air. And why is this listed as romance drama? This falls under the category of written by a three-year-old, but wait, it can't because you know what OMG means. Pity you in all ways, ya next time. Lights flashlight under her face. Here's organs. Dana, dana, na 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 I love that tune. What? Ooh, Simon Cowell commented on this. <laughs> that was the most absurd performance created on Tootie Screams and Explodes for a Million Years. 
I suggest more of a plot line, more grammar. Oh, he, he misspelled grammar because uh. it's English. OMG put oh my gosh and much, much, much more work. That was a pretty good uh, impression. That's pretty harsh criticism from Simon. <laughs> even for him. Okay, so that should be everything. By the way, I am putting my hand out every time that I say objection, just so you know. I was hoping that you, I was hoping that you were. Yes.